Sports fans rejoice. You're listening to my team, my voice with MTMV Sports. Hey, yo, what's up? It's your girl, Erica Mason, a.k.a. Miss Pretty and Radical. Yo, what's good? It's your boy, Yard Swift. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's what up, RG? Y'all already know who it is. It's your boy, Loso, man. And y'all listen to the number one sports podcast out, MTMV Sports. Y'all still? Go. And now, the time fight fans all across the globe have been waiting for. It's the MTMV main card with your man, The Voice. As always, let's start off with some headlines and hot takes. Paul Manafort made news recently as he shared that he paid a small IT company to rig the polls and give now President Trump a more favorable view by the voting public before the 2016 elections. What does that have to do with fighting? Besides being dubbed the combatant-in-chief by the UFC, Trump once owned a piece of the MMA business. He was a major contributor to Affliction MMA. Now, this unnamed IT firm got a bag of cash and a boxing glove worn by an MMA practitioner as his payoff. Manafort was the COO for Affliction. So I went digging into some things a bit to see who this unnamed Brazilian MMA fighter could be. Fighters like Lil Nog, Babalu, and Pedro Hizo all fought for the upstart that was funded by 45. If I were a betting man, though, I would think that that glove belonged to the phenom Vitor Belfort, who fought twice with the upstart organization. Now, Hizo was a heavyweight champion in the UFC, but I'm not too sure that too many people are going to be taking his glove in lieu of payment in 2015. Speaking of former UFC champs, no one in MMA has capitalized on their cup of coffee with a belt like Holly Holm has. She's two and four since landing the head kick hurt around the world. After beating Rousey, Holm has not won two fights in a row. She lost three fights in a row at one point, but she hadn't fought, or I should say has not won two in a row since then. And on top of that, she fought for the women's flyweight title. I'm sorry, not flyweight, featherweight title twice. How did she get all these chances? It's because people are still enamored with the preacher's daughter. Home was recently featured in a Mountain Dew commercial with Joel Embiid and the Migos. Now that won't air until Monday, but you can watch it on YouTube now. Just check for the link in the MTMV Sports social pages. So check for MTMV Sports on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram, whichever is your preferred method of getting social online. 
According to an article with Bleacher Report, though, continuing on with our story with Holly Holm, she also filed for divorce recently. Uh, she and her husband wed in 2012, but they've been living separately since March of 2018. Praying for both of them because divorce is difficult and it's like tearing a piece of paper that was glued together neither party will ever be the same a little lighter news the reports of the flyweight division's demise seem to have been greatly exaggerated why do I say that? Juicy A Formiga and Devison Figueredo just signed to fight in the 125 pound division in Nashville on March 22nd according to Kambache that 125 pound title is on the line this Saturday on ESPN Plus between the current champ Henry Cejudo and 135 pound kingpin TJ Dillashaw now on Ariel Hawani's show last year, late last year, TJ Dillashaw said he was getting paid a lot of money to come shut the division down. Henry Cejudo said recently that he feels like he's not only fighting for his title, but he's fighting for the future of the division. He's fighting for the hopes and dreams of the aspiring MMA fighters at Flyweight that want to be a champion in the UFC one day if he doesn't win this fight he feels as if they will never have that opportunity now a staple of this division since its inception is Joseph Benavidez said in my interview last week that he has a very very interesting relationship with both of the people that are fighting for the flyweight title one of those being T.J. Dillashaw, who he questions his friendship with him based on the statements that T.J. said about coming and shutting the flyweight division down. Benavidez will face a surging Dustin Ortiz on this card on ESPN+. Plus, and it's a rematch of a fight that they had back in 2014 where Benavidez took the decision victory. I'll talk more about these fights when I discuss UFC Brooklyn later in the main card. Up next, some sweet science conversation in the old one too. Hey yo, what up? It's Tori Deshaun, aka Booby, and you listening to MTMV Sports Scat. Time to go between the ropes and step into the squared circle for the old one, two. Thursday, January 17th would have been the heavyweight great Muhammad Ali's 77th birthday. The day before that, it was announced that his hometown, Louisville, Kentucky, was changing the name of its airport to honor their native son. The only other airport that I know of that's named after an athlete in the U. 
West is Arnold Palmer Regional Airport in Pennsylvania. Louisville is an international airport and it's fitting that the greatest name will be on a major airport. News broke Thursday that Danny Jacobs will be fighting this spring on the zone. He recently signed with Matchroom Boxing, who has a $1 billion deal with the streaming platform, so it makes sense for him to be featured there. His dance partner? Canelo Alvarez! Yeah! Cinco de Mayo weekend fight, baby, is booked! They'll fight to unify the Miracle Man's IBF title with Canelo's WBA and WBC middleweight titles. Oh, woo, I'm so excited. Now, speaking of the WBC, they told both Wilder and Fury's camps that they are open to negotiate freely between each other since they mandated a rematch for the heavyweight title. However, if a deal isn't brokered by February 5th, the fight goes to a bid. That explains why uh, Fury's camp was posturing and doing workouts on BT Sport and tweeting it out last week. Yeah, it carries a lot more weight and means much more now knowing that the deadline to a bid is drawing so closely. Here, fight fans, is the lineup for boxing this week. We got two cards on Friday, January 18th, and both of them are in the Empire State. On ESPN Plus in Verona, New York, you got Bryant Jennings versus Oscar Rivas. They headlined the card in a 12-round heavyweight bout. Junior lightweights Jason Souza and Moises Delgadillo have a 10-round fight. Another 10-rounder pits junior lightweights and rising star Shakur Stevenson versus Jesse Chris Rosales. Now, on the zone, yeah, both of these cards on Friday are on streaming services. On the zone from MSG in New York City, New York, Boo Boo Demetrius Andrade, who's number five, Puts his WBO title on the line versus Artur Akavov. Uh, I said Boo Boo is ranked number five. That's at middleweight. IBF junior featherweight titleist TJ Doheny, who's ranked number eight, looks to defend versus Roy Hay Takahashi. Amanda Serrano is going to take on Eva Volberger. I'm sorry, Vorberger. They're tangling for a vacant WBO junior bantamweight title. Then you got two junior welterweight fights on this card. Jorge Linares versus Pablo Cesar Cano. And then Chris Algieri takes on Daniel Gonzalez. That card is a nice, nice way for the zone to start off 2019 with boxing. Ooh, but we're not done. We are not done. 
on Saturday, January 19th, live and only on pay-per-view. Coming to you from the MGM Grand in Las Vegas, Nevada. Manny Pacquiao, number five ranked welterweight in the world, takes on Adrian the Problem Broner. It's a 12-round fight for Manny's WBA belt. Will youth and speed and swag be enough to carry Broner to the W? Or will the veteran savvy of the eight division champ be too much for Broner? And Broner, whenever he has fought name fighters, he's had mixed results. He had a split decision win over Pauli Malignaggi back in 2013. He had a unanimous decision win over John, John I'm sorry, John Molina Jr. And he KO'd Ashley Theophane. Maidana, Porter, and Mickey Garcia. All school Broner, though. Pac-Man has only lost to the best of the best since September of 1999. We'll find the time factor in to make this more challenging for the senator, who turned 40 nearly a month to the day of the fight. We'll find out Saturday night. Co-main event for this card pits Rashi Warren, who is the number eight junior bantamweight in the world. He's going to fight upperweight class versus the number eight bantamweight, Nordin Ubali, for the vacant WBC title. Badu Jack is fighting for the first time since May of 2018. He will be taking on Marcus Brown in a 12 round or less light heavyweight bout and opening the pay-per-view you got Jack Tapor and Hugo Ruiz on the line for them is an interim WBA featherweight belt alright fight fans let's step out of the square circle and our next stop on the main card is Jakarta Indonesia for one championship's first card of 2019 Yo, this is Maddie Ray, and you're listening to MTMV Sports. One Championship presents Eternal Glory on Saturday, January 19th. One recently signed a deal with Turner Sports for their U.S. broadcast rights. Turner plans on showcasing one both on TNT and their new streaming service, Bleacher Report Live. I checked the Bleacher Report Live app, and it's free to watch the one championship fight there this weekend, and it lists the next one. How long will they be free to watch? That's the question. Headline on this card is 13-2, Joshua the Passion Paschal, who will look to have his first successful strawweight title defense versus 18-8-3. Yosuke Tobazaru number two, Saruta. He's fighting out of Saitama, Japan, and most of Saruta's fights have been under the Shudo banner there in Japan, where he captured the 115-pound title. In this, his sophomore one-championship fight, he's looking to do the same thing. 
Most of his wins are by decision with a 38% finishing rate. Pacquiao, the Team LeCount product, on the other hand, only has two of his 13 wins by decision with four KOs and seven submissions. He looked impressive in his unification bout that he had this past September, and he wants to build on that four-fight win streak that he has by defending his newfound unified title. The co-main event features 10-3 Christian the Warrior Lee versus 11-5 Edward the Ferocious Kelly in a rematch of a DQ win that Kelly picked up in his last fight. Lee was in full control of the fight when an illegal slam KO'd Kelly and gave him the victory by default. In one, it is against the rules to suplex your opponent on the head. If this is a North American organization, that probably would have been a contender for KO of the year. Also on this card, you have former lightweight champ Kotetsu No-Face Boku fighting at featherweight and an interesting lightweight bout between Rasul Yakayev and Koji Ando. We'll have a quick break in the action and then jump into UFC Brooklyn. What's up, guys? John here, coming at you, representing Tinseltown, La La Land itself. That's right. It's LA Confidential bringing you the newest Laker podcast, up-to-date game breakdown, up-to-date game analysis, what is scenarios, outlooks for the season, whatever it is. If it's Lakers, I'm bringing it on the MTMV Sports Podcast Network, trying to start your week off right every Monday with LA Confidential. Thank you. Come hang out. What's good? It's your boy, Stephen Malcolm, and you are listening to MTMV Sports. Let's get it. The UFC goes back to Brooklyn and the Barclays Center for the first time since UFC 233. The curtain jerker for this card is a light heavyweight fight between 71 Dana White Tuesday Night Contender Series alum Carl Baby K. Roberson. He'll be taking on 27-7 former title challenger and Chuck Liddell sparring partner Glover Teixeira. Glover admits that he has to use the experience he's gained in his close to 17-year career in this matchup. As he said, he can't just go out there and bang it out anymore. When you're pushing 40, your body changes and you have to adapt. When Glover took his first professional fight, Baby K was only 11 years old. They both share the month of October for their birthdays, and now they'll share the cage to kick off the main event for UFC Brooklyn, the first card on ESPN+. 
Glover has not strung together multiple wins since an impromptu main event in 2016 versus Rashad Evans. Interestingly enough, they got bumped up to the main event because Tony Ferguson and Habib Nurmagomedov got pulled from their car because one of them fell out. Last time that the UFC was in Brooklyn was for UFC 223 where Habib Nurmagomedov had to fight an impromptu main event versus Ally Aquinta because Tony Ferguson fell off. And of course we know that's where kind of went crazy and destroyed the truck and all I mean destroyed the van and all kinds of of craziness ensued after that. Anyway, that's just a little aside regarding this. Uh, Roberson is looking for his third victory in the UFC. And all but seven of his wins have been by stoppage. I don't know if he wants to slug it out or grapple with Glover because he can do either one of those. Baby K's got to find some kind of strategy to win. So it's going to be interesting to see who's the better tactician in this fight. Outside of the co-main event, the flyweight matchup between 4-4 Rachel Ostovich and 7-4 Paige Van Zandt has probably been the most covered matchup. And it's not because of the media frenzy that comes whenever the Dancing with the Stars runner-up Paige Van Zandt fights, but also because of Rachel Ostovich's well-documented drama leading up to this fight. My heart still breaks when I remember hearing the recording of her pleading with her husband as he was allegedly abusing her. Man, what hurts me even more is seeing her running from the apartment. You can see that she jumped out of the second story window as she was running through the through the grounds of the apartment naked nude not a stitch of clothing on running for her life man it takes so much bravery to enter the octagon but possibly even more for her in light of all that she's been through in the past couple months And man, I'm so serious when I say I'm praying for her and I'm praying for her daughter because their lives have been turned upside down. I'm praying for Arnold too because he needs help. He needs help if he did the things that we heard. And I don't see why that wouldn't be the case for her to take the great steps that she took to get out of there think about it you're running around in your apartment complex with no clothes on just to be safe it's a a horrible situation horrible situation so I'm praying for all parties involved let's move on 26 and 5 Joe Jitsu Mr. Joseph Benavidez, Mr. Megan O'Leary himself, will be fighting 
Dustin the Diamond Ortiz, who's right, whose uh, record is nine and seven. That is a flyweight affair, and I said in the headlines and hot takes that this is a rematch about four years in the making. They set this bout the UFC did as a safety net in case someone fell out of the main event. Uh, if so, Benavidez can step in and still challenge for the title. When Ortiz and Joe met the first time, though, Benavidez was a heavy favorite. Ortiz is not as large an underdog this time, though. And it makes sense for the odds to be closer because the diamond is 4-1 and one in his last five fights with two KOs. Joe Jitsu was also... Four and one in his last five. But the biggest difference in these records is that Joe had an 18-month layoff after beating Henry Cejudo to close out 2016. Mr. Megan O'Levy is one and one since then with a split decision loss to Sergio Pettis. But then he rebounded with a KO win over Alex Perez in his last out. The voices marquee matchup for UFC Brooklyn is a lightweight affair between 15 and 5 Yancey the Kid Maderos and the undefeated 12 and 0 Gregor the Gift Gillespie when he's not proving himself to be the most prolific angle in the UFC The gift is reeling in those W's. The New York native has many, many fights in the region under the Ring of Combat banner. But he will be facing by far his toughest opposition to date in the Hawaiian Maderos. Yes, he hasn't fought at 155 pounds since losing to Francisco Trinaldo in May of 2016. Max Holloway's main sparring partner has been fighting at welterweight, or I should say Woodley weight since then, and went 3-1 there. After an injury sideline Maderos for much of 2018, he changed his diet, his lifestyle, and he said he's feeling good at 155 pounds. Expect to see MMA at its highest level in this match. Yancey's last win was a fight of the year contender versus Cowboy Oliveira and quite possibly round of the year like forever I mean oh my goodness phenomenal phenomenal fight the eight knockouts and four submission victories that Maderos has proves that he can get it done anywhere same can be said about the gift as only two of his fights have gone the distance. The rest have been split evenly between submissions and striking stoppages. They are going to light the Barclays Center up like the 4th of July. And I cannot wait. Ooh, man. That is going to be a phenomenal, phenomenal fight. In the co-main event. You got 9-3 Alan Crowder facing 3-0 Greg Hardy. Both of these fighters are Dana White Tuesday Night Contender Series alone. 
Both are former football players. But none of the fighters coming into the UFC from this series have had as much hype and hoopla around them like Greg Hardy. Greg is not the first fighter to transition to the cage from the NFL, but he's definitely the most noteworthy. Outside of his checkered pass off the field, his athletic prowess has allowed him to steamroll the competition in MMA. Crowder's not intimidated, though. He knows what it's like to be under the bright lights in the UFC's octagon, and he looks to take Greg down a peg by ruining his UFC debut and hopefully starting an end to the former pro bowler's MMA career. In the main event of the evening, in my best Bruce Buffer uh, voice, 13 and 2, Henry the Messenger Cejudo will put his 125 pound strap on the line versus 16 and 3, TJ Dillashaw. I saw some pictures online of TJ Dillashaw as he's been cutting weight. Pictures and videos. It doesn't look good. And when you look at his muscle mass, he looks so much smaller at 125 pounds. And that's understandable. You've lost 10 pounds. But it looks like he's lost 10 pounds of muscle. I mean, his arms are like nowhere near as large as they were when he was fighting at 135 pounds and I don't know if the juice is worth the squeeze he moves down in weight he wants to be a double champ he wants to challenge for the belt and he got what he wants I said in headlines and hot takes that Cejudo is fighting for more than just the title he is fighting for the future of the flyweight division He's been making quite a name for himself. Really been doing a great job of promoting the fight and promoting himself by doing that. Headlining the UFC's first card on a new platform only helps his cause. But will that be too much pressure for the gold medalist in Cejudo? Carrying on his back the weight of an entire division as well as the desire to maintain his place as a UFC champion will TJ even make the weight and if he does will he have what he needs to become the fourth double champ in UFC history we won't know until the pin drops the cage door locks the thumbs go up and they start the clock if you don't have five to put on ESPN Plus, I mean, it is only $5. Just $5. It's kind of hard to get a value meal at your local fast food restaurant for $5 now. But if you don't have that, ESPN does have a four-fight prelim card that's headlined by Cowboy Cerrone taking on Alexander the Great Hernandez. If you are listening to the main card, you know about MMA. And if you know about MMA, you know that Cowboy is must-see TV. 
And you also know that Alexander the Great Hernandez lives up to his moniker. This should be a really, really good scrap. And really outside of the Voices Marquee matchup, this one has the greatest opportunity just on paper for being fight of the night. That does it for UFC Brooklyn. Up next, the official results. Yo, 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 this your boy E. Hud, God's MC, and you're listening to MTMV Sports. Keep it locked. Peace. Fight fans, this has been episode 74 of the MTMV main card. If the Lord says the same, I'll be back at it again next week. I spoke with the bearded one, and we plan to get the year-end episode of Aftermath wrapped on Friday. So be on the lookout for that. I'm glad that you found MTMV Sports. And we are in a number of different places for your listening pleasure. Whether that be Anchor.fm, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, on our sponsors platform, Podcast, I'm sorry, Pocket Cast, which you can use on your iPhone or your Android. We're on TuneIn Radio. I mean, we are all over the place bringing you passionate coverage of the sports that you love by the most informed fans. Don't forget, if you want your voice to be heard, your man, the voice doesn't want to be the only voice. If you want to be heard, call the MTMV Sports sideline and leave a message. That number is 470-228-MTMV. Again, it's 470-228-MTMV or 6868. Sports fans rejoice my team my voice and until next time it's your man the voice host of the mtmv main card and i'm sounding off